generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. See, I was born in PE in uh, 1991. Um, I think my mom was 15 then. And my dad was, I think, about 20. And obviously, my, my mom's family said she was way too young. Um, to, to, to raise me and look after me so she dropped me off at the front gate of my dad's school while he was writing exams so he had to leave his exam and, and pick me up and then he took me home um, to my grandmother um, who raised me I was raised by my grandmother and we we weren't a very privileged um, family um, as a lot of my neighbors as well or, you know, in my community were struggling a lot um, my dad was obviously young and he left um, while I was still young to Cape Town and my grandmother was working in the kitchen and she had to stop after a while so I was struggling to get meals um, during the day and she used to go visit her friends and you know if you go visit other people in the township they make you coffee and give you a little bit of cookies and maybe um, the, the bread and she, my grandmother would just take, take the bread, put it in a pocket, bring it home for me to eat and yeah, that was my, my, my life every day. I loved going to school because we get um, bread at school. We used to get, uh, at lunchtime, you get like a, a slice of bread um, with, with peanut butter in it and jam and powdered milk. Um, you just put water into it. And you know, that was my probably most of the days, my only meal of the day. And, um, but um, throughout all of that stuff at home, my, my grandmother, all she would give me was love and time, and I think that's all I needed at the time, you know. And I really appreciate that more than anything else. Something I wanted for my dad, from my dad, but he wasn't there. And in the township, um, the people that you look up to, the heroes for you in the township where I was from, is drug dealers, people. Uh, my dad used to smoke weed as well. My uncle smoked weed, my neighbor smoked weed, and my other neighbor also smoked weed. My dad was an alcoholic. And my dad used to abuse my mom when I was young. I think I was five years old. I used to watch this. I remember the one day walking in the street and playing with my friends and picking up my mother's teeth in the corner of my street. And you know, at that age already, I knew this wasn't right because my mom wasn't happy. I used to cry to see this. And that day, I made myself a promise. I said, I will never lift my hand. Obviously, touch a woman. This is not right. That's what I live my, my, my life by every single day. And yeah, and then I met a teacher called Erickson Wickley. Um, he, I played against his school in the township. I played rugby when I was young. And a lot of my friends were smoking, smoking weed, doing drugs, passing away. And obviously when I'm young, I'm also seeing my dad do all this stuff. I think it's the way to go. So I experimented a little bit, but it wasn't working out for me. So I started playing rugby. My dad also played rugby. 
and every single day I would go to school, do my homework at school, finish it, then go to training, get home. If there's a meal, I will eat or just go straight to bed. My, my grandma used to make me sugar water um, in a big jar, in, in, in a big um, jar, and I would drink it. And she would tell me, when you wake up, you'll be like in the morning, you'll be fine. And I'll sleep, wake up, no, no hunger during the night. I sleep through the night, and I piss my bed every now and then. And then she smacks me. Uh, so that kept me going. <laughs> yeah, and and at that time my bed was the the cushions. So she would smack me really hard because no one could come visit the house because the cushions were wet. And yeah, and then after a while, um, she passed on. Then my my aunt had to look after me. She also passed on. My mom also passed on. And then I actually got a scholarship from this teacher called Erickson Whitley. He took me from another township school because the school fees were 50 rand a year and I couldn't afford that. And I had, I had no socks. I had never worn socks before. I had no school shoes. I used to wear my aunt's shoes to school. And you can imagine what the other kids looking at me wearing women's shoes making fun of me. Um, but that, that didn't bug me because I had been through worse, way worse in my life. Then I met this teacher called Eric. He took me to his school. Within six months, I got a scholarship to go to grade. I played my first little child, and I never couldn't, I didn't have shorts, so I was playing in those silky boxes. <laughs> so I think that's how um, the teacher from grade actually spotted me. Uh, <laughs> he's like, that one stands out, I want him. <laughs> um, there are actually two other uh, boys that were much better than me in rugby, so we went together to grade. And you know, when I got to Gray, I, all I could dream about in the township is being a drug dealer or whatever. Then I go to Gray and I hear these kids, first thing I got there, I got a pair of socks. I was like so happy, I had like five socks, more than five socks. The other kids were like, oh, it's just socks, bro. I was like, you, you don't understand. <laughs> and then I got a bed, a bed, my own bed, like I, I could sleep on a bed and like all these other kids are like, I'm like, dude, this is like, this is special for me, you know. And that, and I sat on my bed and I said, you know what, I want to be a doctor. I want to be something. I want to be successful, you know. All the stuff that I went through helped me to get to this moment that I am today. And, you know, God chose me in my family to be the one, to be the light in the family, you know. And, and you know, I told myself, no matter what, my grandmother didn't have much she gave me love and time and I had the confidence to, to say you know what I'm going to be whatever I need to be I couldn't speak a word of English you know and I had to my, one of my mates had to tell help me to speak English every day do homework I worked hard I was happy I make a mistake I, la I laugh at myself first and I told myself that when I make it one day you know in the township when you, want, you, you just want to get out you want to make it for you and your family and I thought to myself I when I make it, I want to make a difference in people's lives, you know. Now I have the platform, which is rugby, you know. And I, I don't want to just make good for me, but my family, my brother and sister, adopted my brother and sister. I want to make sure all the other kids in the township see that no matter what your past did, what happened in your family, or how bad, how struggling your, your father or your mother is, you determine your own future. You got to keep working, and, you know, and... 
And no, anyone can make a difference. Anyone, it can be a teacher, whatever you do. It's all about making a difference, even in that one person next to you. It's not about the big crowd at the end of the day. That takes care of it after each other. I take care of you, you can take care of the next person. It just spreads out like that. And we just, I think most of the time we are afraid. We, we don't think we deserve all of this stuff. I think no matter who you are, where you're from, you can be whatever you want to be. Just believe and be confident and just say yes to God because He's got the plan already for you. That's what I do every day. When I wake up in the morning before I play, I thank God for all the blessings. I ask forgiveness for any sins that I've caused. And then I, I let him, I tell him, take over when I go to this field. Before I go warm up, I walk off the field, I ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to be present, you know, amongst us in the field with, with all the Christian brothers I have in my team. Then I go in the changing room and I pray and I ask, I tell God, just take over my body, do your work through me. I'm saying yes, like make use of me. And when everybody's saying, you're playing so well, I cannot explain to them how I'm playing so well. But I know God is doing this work through me, you know. And yeah. And yeah, and that's my dream every day to inspire people by the way I play, help as many people as I can. I donate to my school in the township, give them Jesus. I can't do everything, but with the little that I can, it makes a difference and put a smile in someone's face. In someone's face. So that's all I'll keep on doing. And I can encourage every single one of you, no matter what you do, where you're from, you can make a change. Let's see what else more it is. Thank you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Sia Khaleesi, the winning captain of the South African rugby team at the World Cup. What a story. I spotted that last night. I think you might remember talking, uh, me talking on the pod earlier this year when the South Africans were here. They were training in the gym that I go to. Very, very humble. And I actually said to Sia, because I had watched at Christmas time his, it wasn't his documentary, but a story uh, about his life and I think it might have been on Netflix it might have been a power series of leaders of our time or something like that and it might only be 30 minutes but it goes a bit deeper into his story and gives some context of where he grew up and how it all sort of went and it was massively inspiring and I said to him when I saw him in the gym that I got to watch that and it was amazing and he seemed genuinely surprised he it sort of stopped him in his tracks and he said you watched it and he just seemed to not um, you know, believe that people in New Zealand may be watching his story. But I think now uh, with them winning the World Cup again, there'll be more people getting to hear about Sia's story. Now, there are so many themes in there and I won't dissect all of them, but I think that for some of you, that might just be something that you need to hear. Uh, a little bit punishing the amount of fucking background music in that and how loud it is at times. Sorry, I didn't make that. I'm just replaying that off of the internet. And... The you know the documentary that I watched was awesome. He's then got his own documentary where it's a bit longer. By the seams, I haven't seen that yet. And then someone told me as well last night to check out the autobiography. But you know what a story uh, of abuse and coming from nothing and being so driven to to make a difference. At the end there, he's talking about inspiring others, helping others, donating, giving. A lot of the themes that we often talk about in keep the change around you know trying to sort your own stuff out, then can you help your family in any ways that they may need? And then if you've got extra leftover, how about helping the community? Now, I know that a number of you will be wired to be really inspired by a story like that. And there are always going to be the people in life who 
you know, they, they're still not going to believe it. And C is obviously so driven by trying to use his trauma and his past to then make him the person that he is today and use that to his advantage and to go through the struggle and to understand that all of the struggle helped him. And there is probably a another 50% of the population that just won't fuck with that and they do not think that that's right. That is a amazing mindset for half of us, I think, to believe in, whereas I think the other half are probably like, easy for you to say, you know, that's completely different to my situation, that's got nothing to do with me, etc. But, you know, I think a, a really good reminder of somebody who has probably been through, well, has been through a lot worse than a lot of us and, and you and I mostly and is just out there kicking some serious goals and with such a amazing perspective and attitude in life and reminding us how the struggle can be good and even thinking into the future of, okay, when I make it, you know, he was obviously very confident in himself that he would make it, whatever making it meant. And we've all got to find those things for ourselves as well. He's done that. He was thinking about what he's going to do, how he's going to act when that happens, knowing that that would happen. Same sorts of themes that we often talk about, thinking about how you want to act in the future, how you want to be, how you want to show up. And what an example of this. I thought I would just play that for you. I'm sure that that will give some of you some inspiration. There may be times that you want to go back and listen to that. You might want to go further down the rabbit hole and learn about someone as impressive as that. I know we have some amazing similar stories in New Zealand, uh, but really cool to see someone from outside of New Zealand, but how much that then inspires other people uh, in the country of South Africa and how much it's meant for them to uh, to win the World Cup to then go back to South Africa and take that back and it to be more than just winning the World Cup, for it to be about uniting people and giving them a form of hope and excitement and you know, hanging in there and, and being able to get the job done. Now, obviously, a lot of us here in Kiwiland were probably pretty hurt uh, by not quite being able to celebrate the same thing. And that sport, right, and the All Blacks did an amazing job, and I think they showed up a lot of doubters and people who thought that they wouldn't get there. So, you know, I think they've outshone a number of people's expectations and shout out to how well they performed and inspired people whilst being out of the country, away from their homes, knowing that Kiwis are there, that ju- you know, they're, they're, Kiwis are there watching their TV sets, judging them, and perhaps some even wanting them to lose, and all that sort of shit that they've got to try and block out, get on the field and perform. And I think they carry themselves so well uh, over that tournament. So equally as impressive, I think, uh, a number of people from New Zealand have been through things and done tr- uh, phenomenal things throughout their life, but just thought you might like to see somebody who you may be seeing recently but not know much of their background story go and dig that out just unbelievable the amount in there there's so much in that small clip even around having to learn English and then up there doing a presentation I think the story got a bit wayward at one stage there but this is a man who's had to learn English and learn how to pass but also you know somebody's come into his life and completely changed the direction of it and I like that stuff because, I mean, that's happened for me. It's probably happened for some of you. I've had messages this week about the luck some people have had by having an amazing manager and those types of things. 
where we find somebody in our life who takes a chance on us, who sees something in us and who picks us out and tries to encourage us to go further down a pathway. And I hope that you know individually we can do that for other people in our lives as well. And that can lead to massive things like this guy now being talked about by me, uh, by him inspiring a nation in terms of winning the World Cup, etc., etc. I could go on for ages. But anyway, hopefully you take something from that. Go further down his story and pluck some of the lessons out that speak to you. I loved over my struggle of uh, going from sort of uh, employment to self-employment and trying to build out my life a little bit. I loved finding things like this and listening to them, and I'll still go back and listen to them to just hear some perspective of the struggle that other people have gone through to remind me that mine may not be as bad or, well, if they can do it, why not me? Um, to strip yourself out of whatever minority you might think you may be in or the trauma that you've been through that other people haven't been through and to go, whoa, you know, look how they used it for a positive way. And the more that we can get some of these examples, sometimes they are the, the thing that stops us going down the path of woe is me, no, you know, that I can't I can't do anything anymore because this happened to me, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, as I'm sure you see out there every day. So, you know, start to find things like this and save them. I would save them on YouTube, for instance, and build a bank of things that I could go back and listen to and catch reminders of people saying uh, things that I know that I would need to hear in the future when I was going through certain things. So you know, when you find pieces like that that inspire you or speak to you, build the bank and create it so that you can go back to it and then you can revisit it and you might hear something different when you're in a different frame of mind as well or you may lean on it at times. But these are very, very important pieces of fuel for ourselves and for our minds as well. Right, we'll get out of here. Go and check out more of Sia's story. What a bloody piece of content that that is, whoever created that. And I'm sure there's a lot more of those floating around on the internet. Be good, inspire others just like he does. See you in the next episode.